It's life on life's terms. Let's do this. All right, uh, this is the Life on Life Terms podcast. I'm Tom Robinson, and uh, like I always say, we're not affiliated with any 12-step program. That's why I'm using my last name and all that stuff. I'm Chris Mandeville. We're here at uh, New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass., um, on Quincy Ave. And our guest tonight is Leah. And we're going to turn it over to you. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Leah Deacon. I will use my last name also. Nice. Um, I am Optional. Um, <laughs> a member of Al-Anon and AA. I am what you call a double winner, um, <laughs> which at first I didn't think that was what it was, but I do feel that way now. Um, so you feel equally at home in both fellowships? Yes, yes. I, nice. I uh, take a little bit from all of it, and I... Um, it helps me be rounded and taking care of myself and helping others and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just start my story, my spiel yeah. here. Um, so I um, was raised, I was um, born to a family, uh, two parents that were AA members. They met in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um my mom was a secretary of her home group, and my dad was there getting his court slip signed because he had a bunch of DUIs. <laughs> and my mom <laughs> wrote her number on his court slip sign. No way. Oh, paper. that's excellent. And, um, that's good stuff. That's how they started. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, for step see, one and step beautiful. 12. Yeah, I yeah, am admitted. literally a product of Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so unfortunately, like, my mom did 13-step my dad because my mom had, like, three years of sobriety and my dad was new. But anyway, it all worked yeah. out sometimes, for a while. Sometimes it works. Yeah. yeah. You know? um, so I am a product of AA, which is kind of cool. Um, I was raised in AA meetings going and playing my Barbie dolls in the back of the rooms. I did that with my gran- yeah. grand grandmother when she she used to, you know, she started the normal meeting. <laughs> she used to bring me when I was a kid. You, play with you played with Barbie dolls? dolls? No, I didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played with those. No, I was just going to ask that. Like, you're playing in the back Got him. Got him. <laughs> no, I, uh, I used to go there and, and hang out in the kitchen and eat, uh, you know, all the pastries and shit. Yeah. They yeah. used to put out a spread back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, big it was time. a good life as a kid, you know, playing with my Barbie dolls and going in the, some of the AA halls would have, like, playgrounds that I'd be out and playing with. And mm, yeah. all the other people would bring their kids. So it was kind of like a... A little playtime. Um, yeah. So it was a good thing, you know. I we had a good early childhood. Um, my parents had a bunch of AA cookouts all the time and sober people all around, and I was good. Um, unfortunately, my parents uh, <clears throat> let what AA gave them take them away from AA. You know, my parents had three kids. I'm the middle child. Um, they had three kids, and and we had sports and dance class and all that, and. Um, they life started, gets busy. Yeah, life on life's terms. You yes, know? exactly. <laughs> um, but they kind of forgot, and they got busy, and they stopped going to meetings. And what do we hear about what happens to us when we don't go to meetings? Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom picked up um, when I was about eleven, and um, through my adolescence, spent. Oh my god! Yeah, every through my adolescence was in and out. Of, she also um, su- suffers from bipolar disorder. So she spent my adolescence in and out of detoxes, mental institutions, and AA. Um, Man, it's going to be so tough. It was pretty traumatic, too, because, like, the first 10 years of my life, I um, there was no alcohol in the house, like, at all. It was, like, a sober environment. I didn't know what right. it looked like. And my parents actually told me that they were allergic to alcohol. So I had this mindset that, like, they were going to die if they yeah. drank. yeah. Like oh yeah, know, a kid you know, knows wow. what happens when someone's allergic to something. Wow, right. their yeah. throat closes; they can't breathe. Right. right. So I Ugh. just had this fear of like whatever would happen to them if they drank. And I remember the day I realized my mom was drinking. I, it was like a oh, it was a traumatic experience that I just still remember is like banging on her bedroom door, like "Please, mom, don't drink. Please, don't, mom, don't drink," because I thought she was going to die. Yeah. And wow. Um, so that right there is like 
your ticket into Al-Anon, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like my first day of, like, let me fix her and let me mm. try to make her want to live and make her want to... Oh, what, so what about codependency? What do you feel? You feel like you're, you're, uh, you have experience with that? Codependency? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's my middle name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right? I'm an Esquire in that one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I have a doctorate in codependency. Yeah, codependency is a huge, huge effect of, like, adult children and growing oh, yeah. up in alcoholism and, and being and, – and I also will just give you a little heads up, I think – but um, I'm, I also am in AA now, too. I said that. But um, so it, codependency goes with act, like drinking alcoholism also for me anyway. Mm, right. Um, but, yeah, it, it's I thought like it started with my mom as like if she if I love if she loved me enough, should stop drinking or if I loved her enough, should stop drinking. If I did something oh. enough, she would be the mom I wanted her to be or needed right. to be. And it was just a painful place as a kid you know um and it just stayed that way like the older i got the worse it got like i really believed as a teenager that it was my job to fix her like it was my sole purpose in life to was to make her okay and wow for for that to be put on a teenager who hasn't even like come into their own Mm. you know so difficult yeah. yeah what about dad where was he in during all this stuff um, my father um, was a good enabler. He, um, he 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 stayed sober, and he was a good provider for us. You know, he definitely was the the strong one and the stable one. Hmm. Um, but he also enabled her to not change. You know, I mean, there was times in our young life, like he did make some threats, like if you don't get sober, you're not seeing the kids, and you're not staying here, and you're not like he did try to get her to stop it's and, a tough one That's yeah a tough i mean one. she did and she did she like i rem- like i remember hearing that um my father said that to her like you, you're not going to see the kids if you're going to stay like this and she went to detox and stayed sober for six months or something you know but yeah as we know also as alcoholics ourselves like when you're not ready, you're not ready. Right, you right. Know, it doesn't matter who you love, or yeah, I'll do you know? it. I'll do it to get the heat off. Right, yeah. right. And that's kind of what it was. It was never consistent. And um, dual diagnosis, uh, diagnosis is tough too. You know, mm. I mean, because you let yourself medicating. So if that's working for you to, to 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 stop you with the ups and downs of bipolar, then maybe something that's an option for you. You know, right. Um, yeah, the mental just, illness that she tough. still struggles with is. You know, if it's it's kind of a cycle that she's gone through my whole life is she's either using or in a like her mental issues or yeah, because it's like they feed each other. I I see it a lot where people don't even have enough time to get like meds regulated or mm-hmm. you know before they like I can't I just can't do this no more and then right back to doing right what yeah. they were doing exactly. to begin with because it worked right you know in their eyes mm-hmm. but to the rest of the world or their family. Right, it makes it worse. Yeah. But in their minds and their way they feel, it, it makes helps. them it makes them comfortable. Yeah, it's right, their, what no. they used to. You yeah. do what you used to. But I remember when I was coming off dope. I, uh, I got um, one therapist, and she said, "I want I'm going to put you on on uh, antidepressants right away." I said, well, you just we just met." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, "She's like, yeah, but the the chemicals in your brain are imbalanced. You need you need that back. So here's antidepressants." It's like, uh, okay, I don't know, you know. I'd yeah, like, right. like to hear some of the newest uh, studies on that, but, you know, I don't well, know. Well, that's a thing in the world now anyway. It's just like just give them a pill for exactly. everything. Exactly. Oh, yeah, like, well, for everything. Yep. You know, there's other ways to handle things, you know. That's why our addiction world is the way it is because they just yeah, throw I think, a pill at you. I think the U.S. makes up 4% of the population, but we consume 85% of the pain meds that are manufactured. Mm. Wow, four percent of the population of the world, wow. but we consume eighty-five percent of wow. the pain medication. That's wow, that's, wow. yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And awful. that's the prescription stuff. Right, that's yeah. not counting everything else that comes from Afghanistan or wherever else. Mm-hmm. You know, right. all the dope. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. So um, yeah, I mean, that was my childhood, kind of. You know. Uh, 
And my sister, I have an older sister, and she uh, kind of left early in, in the game. You know, she got, went in the military when she was 18, so I was 13, and my brother mm. was 8. And um, so then it was my brother and I against the world, I felt like. Like, my dad was very busy with, you know, working a lot to, like, pay for us and support us financially. And right. well, my that's... mom wasn't available at all, so... That's the enabler thing, you know. You're saying that he's an enabler, which I understand that that concept. But it's tough when you're, when you're, because uh, I was there with my kid, and like my uh, ex um, was uh, mentally ill and uh, didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't a drinker, but still, I stayed there for four years after breaking up with her because I wasn't, you know, and I couldn't take my, I, I could have, because of her mental state, taken custody of my son. Mm. I didn't. I didn't want that because I didn't want to rip him out of the home. But at the same time, it's tough because mm-hmm. I mean you got to work full time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, I'm trying to provide for that household, so I got to go out and work, and that's all I know. All yeah. I know how to do is is work. Right. You know. Right. So it, it, I could see that being real tough. Oh yeah. It's, oh it's, yeah. It, there's no like I don't really have any fault against my dad at all. I mean he did the best he could with what he had and what he was capable of giving us. It mm. just. Mm. He, you know, he did the best for us. He just sometimes, like, you know, he ended up kind of supporting her habit because he was not ever telling her, like, you know, we'd be we'd getting older and he'd still let her live in the house and pay for mm. everything. And right. it wasn't really helping her. Yeah. You know, she right. wasn't hitting a bottom at all. But um, if she did, that was padded. Right. It was very, a padded bottom. Yeah. Very padded. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't hurt. Right. <laughs> right. But, um, so, you know, um, my, you know, that's how my adolescence was. And, and as I got into my later teens and early twenties, you know, I started drinking myself. Um, you know, my war cry was, if you had a mom like me, you'd drink too. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I did. I drank at her, you know, cause I didn't know how to deal with the feelings around her unavailability and any of it and and my unable to cope with any with things and um so i started drinking and i would have the ism already and i put alcohol to it and it just was like magic um Mm, suddenly i no longer felt like less than or not enough you know that was a big feeling i had in my adolescence was i wasn't enough because the one person I loved more than anything, my mom, like, she, my head told me she didn't love me back, you know, which now right. I know after yeah. lots of time in recovery, that's not the truth. But at the time, mm. that's how I felt. Um, so I, I started drinking, too, and, and um, it just got really, really dark in both areas. You know, I just, my mom and I's relationship was horrible like abusive um uh because i would react to her and fight back with her and it got physically abusive and at 20 i um i left the home because of the violence that was happening and you know at the time i played the victim role like look at what you're doing to me but i was just as much as a volunteer you know i was playing Mm. right right into my role of co-signing things um so i left at 20 and moved in with a friend for a year and i was working at um a dual diagnosis unit actually as a unit secretary at brockton hospital wow my higher power is funny yeah right (laughs) (laughs) like here i am a raging adult child with no recovery and an alcoholic working on her story like a like bad yeah writing it at the time writing it at presently at the time and i would go in i'd have to work every other weekend and i would be half hung over still drunk because i had to work at seven o'clock in the morning and um a woman that i worked with as a mental health worker there she was also in al-anon in an aa and she just kept seeing me coming in Every week like that because the, during, oh, the yeah. during the week I worked 3 to 11 so I could hide it a little better because you can, you know, sleep in and sleep it off a little. But when you had to be there at 7, it was harder to hide. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, 
she started to see me and she started to share her experience, you know, with what happened to her, like that she grew up with a crazy mom and she grew up with inconsistent home and violence and um, what she did with Al-Anon and then she also got sober at 21 and um, and I just started, wow. like she started talking about herself and I started being like, Huh, that sounds familiar. How did yeah. she know? You know? Yeah, she was like the who's, who's older version of you. Yeah, like, <laughs> who's talking to her? Well, that's how wild. does she know what's going on in my head? Because it was my first experience. I hadn't been to recovery. I didn't know that there was people like me. You know, it was, right. I thought yeah, I was because we unique. think we're terminally unique. Right. That for a first experience is is like scarily, uh, you know, eerily similar. You know, yeah. Right. right. Like, yeah. There are no coincidences in AA, let's say? No, definitely not. (laughs) And um, so she just started sharing our experience, and she's like, you know, they have this place called Al-Anon. And I don't really know why, because she clearly knew I had a drinking problem, too. It was pretty obvious, but I don't know why she told me about Al-Anon first, but I guess you go to the program that's affecting you more or something, and I wasn't even capable at the time to even see I had a drinking problem because I was just so focused on not just my mom but anybody but myself uh, yeah. you know but like, maybe she's seen that you know what was leading more to your drinking than you know mm, was right. was the that relationship was like with this, your mom the and, root of it yeah yeah so that was the catalyst to to your alcoholism mm. Being an adult child, uh, you think it, 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 it makes you into like a caretaker type? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caretaker, people pleaser, enabler, mm. um, you know, not talking about, example, I'm getting married in September. Mm. And I, there are so many people involved in giving me advice and suggestions on everything. And I will take somebody else's advice still. In, after all this recovery, I will take somebody else's advice, even if I don't like it, because I want them to like me. <laughs> and it's your wedding. It's my wedding. It's like, your wedding. I had this epiphany the other day. I'm like, I actually don't like that pink dress. Why am I doing that pink dress? Oh, because that's what she wants. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. yeah. Well, that's that's your the people pleasing thing that I still can fall into. And yes, I think con- every human... conflict. Like yep. I want to avoid. I, want, mm-hmm. I I just want this to go smooth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even though I'm guilty of that, I like to, <laughs> yeah. to avoid conflict. Absolutely. If I can. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a human. It's a it's a human condition, but it's also a, just a across the board recovery thing. It's not just yeah. adult children, but adult children's. It's a little deeper, I find. Mm. Yeah. Um, With certain people, because you, you know be- what's going to happen if you cause conflict. Mm. Oh, shit. yeah. Shit hits the, the fan. fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, so you tr- you avoid that at all costs because yeah. that's how you, you grew up, like walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know if I say the wrong thing or if I – it doesn't even have to be the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Just what – if they think it's the wrong thing. Right. Shitstorm. Yeah. Right. I'm still walking on eggshells around my wedding. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with this picture? No. Uh, yeah, you need to, <laughs> I had, you need to work I had on that. I had a powerful epiphany and I'm very grateful I'm not doing Good. a pink dress anymore. But <laughs> like, wait a minute. So That's yeah, I've, t- I've talked about um, the thing that helped me a lot in the house uh, to be because um, I would be guilty of, uh, and I probably still am from here and there of being passive aggressive. Mm. So like, you know, just be like, all right, you know, whatever, you know, tell you what you want to hear, and then I'll go do whatever I want after mm. that. Like, all yeah. right, so to avoid the conflict, but still get my own way, but. Now in the house in the in the in turnabout in our program that I went to, um, they taught me to be uh, what they were calling assertive. Mm. So it was like it was like, I'm sorry that you, that's what you want, but I really can't help you with that because this is what I need for myself. Mm. And being respectful of their their feelings and their time, uh, and and at the same time, you know, calmly. Saying no, yeah, <laughs> which was a skill I didn't have. Cause, yeah, because you know? most alcoholics are zero to sixty. Mm-hmm. Like exactly, we just it's either okay, yeah, I'm cool, or what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you can politely tell someone to go fuck themselves, yeah. exactly. and they don't even know it mm-hmm. if you do it right. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Or yeah. you can nicely decline <laughs> to uh, please them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, but thank you anyways. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They say in Alan on you say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that. I like Definitely. that. Definitely. 
It's very, it's very helpful. Yes. Situations like that. Yes. Um, so yeah. Um, where was I? So you, you just uh, met the lady at the hospital, at the Brockton Hospital. Yep. Yes, her name was Lynn. We'll get you back on. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and she was, I believe, she was an angel on earth, and still is a very present person in my life. I mean, this has been nice. That's beautiful. Twelve, That's thirteen beautiful years, thing. and um, you know, we still text and send cards, and she's coming to my wedding in my shower and all that. Awesome. stuff. Awesome. That's fantastic. And. Um, so, you know, she was the first person. So she explained Alan on to me, like, oh, it's a place you go to help your mom. Because she knew I, if, I wouldn't go. <laughs> That'll get it, you there. Yeah. Like, so I, oh, I went beautiful. to my first meeting. I was 21 years old, and it was at um, Braintree Rehab Hospital. <coughs> and I went with oh, a notebook sorry. and a pen. And I thought a lit, they were going to give me a list of how to get my mom sober. Um, and uh. they did not do that just in case you were wondering yeah yeah um, <laughs> i was waiting like when are you guys people going to talk about your alcoholics that you're here for yeah but what alanon's main principle is is like to keep the focus on yourself and not on the alcoholic that brought you there um and i didn't understand that hmm. concept like how is this supposed to help them if i'm talking about myself and focusing on myself but i didn't realize that by me harping on her all the time it was putting more pressure on her more fighting and um chaos chaos like i was Mm. contributing to the dynamic Mm. um so i started to focus on myself and and that was a aha moment big time yeah like i've shared in other meetings like i remember in that first meeting People were talking about themselves and what they like to do and what their passions were and um, what their favorite color was and their favorite food. And I'm like, I have no idea. I had no idea. It yeah, was, like who you were. I didn't know who liked. I was at all. I wow. I said this in the meeting the other night. Like, my favorite, what's your favorite color? Blue? Green. Oh, okay, green. So my <laughs> favorite color is green too now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and your favorite yeah, color? yeah, blue. All right, so I like blue now. It's my favorite color. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't have a concept of what I wanted if it wasn't diff- if it was different from somewhere else. And um, hmm. and I learned that in Al-Anon. I learned what I liked and w- about myself and to get my own life. You know, I remember a family friend, maybe a year before I found Al-Anon, she said to me, she's like, Leah, you really need to get your own life. And I was pissed. <laughs> I had no idea oh, yeah. what she meant. I was like, what do you mean I need to get my own life? I have my own life. I go to work. Yeah. I got my yeah, own life. Yeah. I go to work, you know, and I yeah. take care of her and I worry about her and I think about her think about her, and mm. I have friends that are chaotic and I worry about them and I surround myself with chaos so that I have nothing to worry about myself. Yeah. And um, Something around you always needs to be fixed or someone. Oh, yes. And it's safe. Yeah. You know, it's scary to look at yourself. Um, but it's necessary. It was necessary for me. And Al-Anon helped me to do that. Al-Anon helped me to learn about Leah and myself and what I wanted and how I contributed positively and negatively to any relationship I had in my life. You know, I had developed at 21 years old, like, insane romantic relationships, as we know as alcoholics, the the people we attract with our with our insanity you yeah, know right and um and i learn to not contribute as much as i can slowly and some t- like my first year in Al-Anon, i was in a relationship with an abusive active alcoholic and um you know that breakup was horrendous <laughs> horrendous no, really i would think that would go great oh my god but um you know I, I got out of it, and that was Al-Anon. Like, Al-Anon taught me not, no longer to contribute or to allow unacceptable behavior. Right. Hmm. Unac- they talk acceptable about, behavior is unacceptable. Right. They talk about settling for less. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Al-Anon is a lot just, it's, it's AA, but it's, like, deeper because where AA, the first couple years, everyone's focusing on just not drinking. 
So, like, there's not a whole lot of digging going on, or that's how I felt anyway. It's my opinion, of course, but um, well, it was your experience. Yeah, my experience. Right. There's there's a lot of um, other stuff that gets pushed aside in Al-Anon that you can focus on more yourself because that's like the primary point of it. Um, but it, for an Al-Anon member, it's not easy because we we thrive on focusing on other people mm, right because it's safer yeah it's so much easier oh yeah still i mean i still like to i'm way better at fixing you or you than looking at myself yeah. you know yeah okay. Here, take my advice i'm not using it right <laughs> <laughs> but good. like like so with an with an alanon like you take our drink and our drugs away, we don't know what to do. With with an Allen on, you take the person away. Mm-hmm. They're like, what do I do now? Right. That's right. like they're your solution. Yeah, that makes they're sense. Are, they're they're your drug. focus. Yeah. Your focus. Yeah. yeah. That's that's wild. And that's you can wild. tell an a good Allen on meeting. Like I I have talked about my mom because she is my qualifier. But a really good Allen on meeting was when you don't talk in detail about who brought you here. You know, you, you talk about yourself and, and how to turn around and, and you know, be a, the better person in whatever dynamic you're in. Yeah. You know? It's like almost – it's the, almost the opposite of some aspects of, of getting sober um, for, for my in my experience with – you know, because I went to AA and NA and – many t- programs and detoxes but but the you know it's it's uh, it's like the ego needs to step aside a little bit in it for aa because you're focused on yourself all the time it's like uh what's that what's that s- silly little saying that's like um i'm not much but i'm all i, I'm all yeah. I think about <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean but it's like you know oh, i'm not egotistical you know but if if you're always thinking that you're either you're crappy or you're great, it doesn't matter. You're still an egomaniac. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what is it? An egomaniac with an inferiority complex and all yeah. that stuff, which is like the opposite of what you You guys are like taking on other people's, thinking about other people so that you don't have to think about yourself. Yeah. Quite, quite a difference, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Let yeah. me tell you. When I – so I was in Al-Anon. I got in Al-Anon at 21, and I got sober at 24. So it was like two and a half years before I got sober, three, whatever. And um, when I went to AA, I felt like my head was spinning because I was still going to Al-Anon meetings, and I was newly getting sober. I'm like, AA's telling me to focus on myself, and AA's – I mean, Al-Anon's telling me to focus on myself, and AA's – Telling me to focus on others. What yeah. am I supposed to Stop do? Stop being selfish. <laughs> Stop being your, your disease is rooted in, in selfishness. selfishness. And then you're like self centeredness. These people the are telling me to take care of myself. Right. Like, what do I do now? I was so confused. Oh, yeah, I, I would think. Yeah, I would so think so too. Confused. That is I'm like, wild. How do I know? Like, I'm supposed to do. I never say no to service, but I'm supposed to take care of myself. What if I, you know, <laughs> people please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that is difficult. It yeah. was hard. Oh but, boy. But, let me tell this you. This is not all, not all, there's, everywhere there's different wrenches, you know, that you need to use for different The beautiful problems, thing, that's know. what, that's where the part of me being grateful for having both is because when you think about it, the balance of the two is the way you should be. You know? Right, right. Is to take I'll care of yourself and help others. Just about everything in balance, right? That's usually what it is. Mm-hmm. Toughest, toughest thing ever for me oh, in yeah. recovery was balance mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. just my life. It was always I was always leaning more towards something. Mm-hmm. Always extremes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm extreme. <laughs> Riding the edge, like yeah, right. Yep. I'm doing just enough here, but yeah, I'm gonna do more over this side. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm. But we're a work in progress. <clears throat> we keep getting better. You know. I find the longer I'm in recovery, I'm like I still I can veer over to the one side, but I'm like okay, you're coming over. Let's move over a little, and then yeah. you go over here too far, and you. Yeah. Well, that's. I remember talking to a. Um, an ex-girlfriend that I, I had years and years ago that I, I ran into. And I was, you know, this is when I was still going to a lot of meetings and stuff. And uh, and she she thought I was, uh, she was like, she's like, I thought life is supposed to get better as you get older. And uh, it just occurred to me, it's like, no, I think life stays the same. We're supposed to get better as we get older yeah. <laughs> at it, right? You're supposed right. to get a little better at it because you get... Used to the deal, right? And figure yourself out a little bit. And, uh, right. you know, 
And recovery helps all that. Like, it's amazing. Like, the awarenesses you get and the lessons you learn from others and... Oh hey, when I when I was when I was using, I was so stuck. And actually, it was that girl too. When when she broke up with me, that's when I dove right off the deep end into heroin. Like mm-hmm. I had been dabbling before that, but yeah. we were supposed to get married and all of a sudden, I just went right off the deep end. But so I was a daily heroin user for, you know, I mean, ten years or whatever. And uh, when I finally got sober, like not for the last time, but probably for the second to last time, I was still so hung up on her mm. because uh, because when you push your feelings down, you don't feel them. You don't go through them. It's like the grief process. You know what I mean? If you don't go through a grief process, you never get over someone who's passed. But yeah. it's the same thing with anything, I think, you know, is what I understand. It, um, you have to feel feelings. And to get over them, to grow from them. If you don't feel them, then um, then they're still there, lurking, waiting for you to feel yeah. them. And uh, that's what happened. And uh, and I was sober, and I was in, down in Florida in this uh, Salvation Army program that they had down there. And uh, and I actually had like uh, smell hallucination smell. It was like she used to have this particular essential oil that she would wear. Yeah. And I was just, like, so bummed out the way my life had gone and feeling sorry for myself. And I actually smelled that down there. And I was like, it wasn't. <laughs> it's like a hallucination. Really? Yeah. Huh. yeah. I mean, they do, they do say that smell is the most connected sense to memory. To memory, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but if you didn't really smell it, it was, like, actually a... Yeah, it was. Thing. It was a made-up thing for sure. There was no, there was no source for it where I was. Just yeah, then. and I and it amazed me at the time. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course I was. You know, coming down. A little flashback, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know, just out of detox or whatever, and still feeling all the nerves and going crazy. Yep. You know, yeah. but uh, sorry, it was oh, a big tangent. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> anyway, but feelings you talk about like that's another amazing thing of Al-Anon is it helps you to deal with your feelings in healthy ways. You know, I had no idea before I got into any type of recovery program how to deal with my feelings, obviously. How would I, you know? But um, especially, like, once you start drinking, you stop feeling too. But um, Al-Anon helps you to, like, communicate and talk about it and... um, Something alcoholics are not good at. Yeah, no. <laughs> or adult children. Yeah. You know, like either one. Like they 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 stuff feelings the same way. You know, and um. Oh, I could see it. Stuff feelings by by putting all your concern and thoughts into someone mm-hmm. else's feelings. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Masking it. Yeah. 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 Wow. You lose yourself. Like I lost myself in every way through my my adult my. Al-Anon life or whatever you want to say um, and I, I'm still getting myself back I'm still learning how to deal with feelings in healthy ways and and talking about it and coping with it and um, you know you mentioned grief um, my brother passed away four years ago um, he was 25 oh, um, in a car accident sucks um, and you know they should have like I say this, they should have a grief book or chapter in the big book or in a grief book in Al-Anon to help deal with that. Like yeah. it's a whole nother hmm. game, yep. you know, to deal with in in recovery. Um, and, you know, my brother was, he was my best friend. He was my world and he didn't, you know, they don't think he was drunk or anything. They, they am pretty sure that he was texting and driving. Oh, it sucks. It was yeah. He was the you and him against the world one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's a tough one. Yeah. Twenty five is that's rough, man. Yeah. Yeah. He it, March sixteenth was his anniversary, and because um, he died two weeks before his birthday, so he's actually on April first is his birthday on Easter, Easter. this year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Easter's April Fools, huh? Yeah. 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 He would have been thirty. Which I don't, mm. I don't like, but when I realized that his birthday <laughs> fell on Easter, I'm like, hmm, I don't like that. I don't like to, and I know he wouldn't have liked that being 30 on a, on Easter and having to share with it. But yeah, right. Um, mm. But anyway, like I mentioned that because 
Al-Anon saved me through that. You know, I was five years sober when he died, um, and I didn't pick up over it or anything, but it was because of my Al-Anon recovery. Like, I threw myself into more Al-Anon meetings through that time um, because I needed to take care of myself, and I needed to figure out how to handle whatever was going on, you know, um, because I had no idea how to live my life without him at all. And that sounds morbid, Mm. but I didn't. Right. But like, it's, it's almost like a blessing that you ended up in Al-Anon first, Mm. because if you didn't, who knows? Right. You know, they say everything happens for a reason. Right. Yeah. You know, and and someone has a plan. It's not us. Mm. We may not like the way things go, you know, most of the time we don't, but if you hadn't learned that you needed to take care of yourself, mm. you know. Right. It, and I don't, I really <clears throat> believe, like I've looked, thought about this a lot, like I don't know if I would have come to AA if I didn't go to Al-Anon first because it took me two and a half, three years of focusing on myself and learning how to focus on myself to even realize I was an alcoholic. You know, I just was mm. so clouded by the denial of other people's nonsense that I couldn't even look at myself and realize that I was drinking like a fish. And did do you like remember when the moment when you were like, "Shit, I think I might have, I think I might have a problem with more than yeah, just." Yeah, it a- was. It was definitely a a time frame of like you know how we all like Alanon definitely ruined my drinking mm. quite a bit. Yeah, before I got into oh, Alanon, yeah. I was a hot mess, like bad, like blacking out all the time like not remembering anything and alcohol is my main drug of choice i didn't get heavy drugs are yet for me Mm. Mm. um but you know i was i was very bad before i got into al-anon but because al-anon kind of pulled me back like it started to give me the awarenesses of alcoholism Mm. and um healthy things so it started to like give me a little bit of a conscience. So even through my the first couple of years of my Al-Anon recovery before I officially got sober, I, it's it started to work on me. I bet you it saved you a few years of getting beat up by yeah. most. I probably would. You know? I totally would have. I believe with all my heart I would have went into the drug scene if I didn't find Al-Anon when I did because I was close, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, and then a, an event like your brother passing would, if you were an active alcoholic mm, with no recovery, yep. that's the type of thing that can drive people right mm-hmm. into the, the hard drugs and the bad decisions and don't care about yourself, yeah. don't hate the world, all that stuff. And it's uh, that's that's when it gets dangerous. I remember that's uh, when when I had that, um, and it's 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 trivial compared to that. But I, when I had that breakup, I felt like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. Everything that I seemed like everything I ever tried blew up. Mm-hmm. And so I just started using every day because that's what felt good. I just went for what felt good because I didn't want to feel bad anymore. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, you don't realize how much our diseases are driven by our feelings. You know? Oh, yeah. Right. And that's like... Big time. When I went to AA... It was really hard for me to get sober because I was such an Al-Anon person and I had it on a moral issue. Like, my mom was awful because she was a heroin addict and all the things she did to me. So for me to swallow that gigantic pill that I had the same disease was awful. It was so hard. And yeah. that's, for the first, the last couple months of my drinking, I it was it was really really painful and dark because i just kept doing that cycle of like i'm not that bad and comparing myself and um i would go to aa meetings and yeah um just compare and not identify with everything oh yeah that's pretty standard though right yeah right (laughs) right who don't do that Um, i can keep drinking because right i'm not like them i still have my job (laughs) i still have my apartment that's right like we're good Yep. Even though I hate who I see looking back at the mirror at me, I have a job. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So, um, but yeah, it took a, a a couple months of you know insanity back and forth before I officially like stuck to AA um, and realized like you are an alcoholic, Leah, and it doesn't make you a bad person. 
you know. Right. Yeah, because, mm. I mean, that's where I met you. Right, yeah. You know, we were, we were in Rockland together for a while. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I was like three years sober when I went. Yeah. I was in that group. For but I think I had seen you around prior to that anyways. Yeah. yeah, I liked that meeting. Yeah, it was yeah. great back then. Yeah, it was fun because... I, you know, I got sober at 24, and the first two or three years of my sobriety, my home group was in Hingham, and it was yeah. a bunch of old people, which I needed. Like, I needed to be nurtured and everything because I was just so whatever, but I also felt like I was lacking in the fellowship yeah. develop area of having fun and being with people my yep. age, and so I joined Rockland Young People, and... That's how I met Chris and a bunch of other people. Yeah, we had some good times. I actually found a picture at um, Richie Callahan's pool party. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I found that recently. Yeah. It was fun. We had, um, <laughs> I think we actually had a group conscience at Richie's house one time. I think that was at the yeah. pool party, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had a group conscience pool party. It was great. Yeah. Sober cruises. Group conscience. Yeah. What do you yeah. mean by that? Um, when you're trying to figure out how your group's going to run, what's allowed, oh, what's not allowed, right. yeah, 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 yeah. and, and everyone forgot. has to have a say on it. And we have people that know what you can and can't do, mm. like unlike most alcoholics, you know, <laughs> like, like a mediator or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah. So that, like, say me and you start going back and forth, they're like, "Whoa, mm. no. right? Let's hear you. Let's hear you. All right, now everybody vote on that. Mm. You know? Okay. So." It was good. Yeah. I found that picture, too, when Jul- Jolena passed away. Oh, really? She was there, too, that day. Yep. Yeah, that we had some sad. great times. I know. That was sad. I don't know if I should mention names. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. That's fine. It's We actually had Brendan on last week. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, I think, I think uh, people pleasing can actually help you get sober for a while because, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Because when I when I came in, it was like, all right, well, you know, these guys they expected me to show up and and you know, oh, oh, you need whatever. a ride? Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> Make the coffee, or, yep. You know, and and this guy said he was going to give me a ride to a meeting, so I'll just meet him, and you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> you don't want to let people down. Don't want to yeah. let people it, down. It, it keeps you coming. Keeps oh, you going. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, and that's the thing with any like character defect we have, like they start, they can be assets. You know? Oh yeah! Right, right. They, Used like, properly. Yeah, we just can go to the other extreme, and then like no the, longer. Electricity's yeah. great until you grab a exposed wire. Right, right. <laughs> if you don't use it properly, if you work with it carefully, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, my my AA helped me too, like because Al-Anon also was a bunch of older people, so I still felt pretty isolated as a young twenty person, twenty year old person. To be mm. in recovery, like it wasn't that fun. Mm. Um, oh so, yeah. So, like when I joined the young people scene, it, it really kind of skyrocketed things for me in the enjoyment department. Yeah. yeah. Going to young right. people conferences and all that. Um. So, um, what else? Where were we? Uh, it was just after your brother had passed. Oh. Um, yeah. So I mean. That Al-Anon saved me with that, with grief and dealing with my feelings. And um, um, I also got into, you know, because of recovery in Al-Anon I, and, and AA, I've, I learned how to, like, ask for help. So when my brother died, I I don't think I could speak in, first, like, full sentences. I wasn't seeing in color. Like, I just... Wow. It, it rocked me like nothing ever will again. Mm. Um, and I was at the funeral parlor with my family planning the services. And, like, they asked the first round of questions, like, about him and different things. And then they're like, do you have any – does anybody have any initial questions? And I, like, darted my hand up. I'm like, how do I get into some kind of grief therapy? And, like, oh, I yeah. would not have known how to do that. Or right, I wouldn't have been right. capable, capable of doing that. Asking help for yourself? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, I knew, like, I knew at five years sober and however long in recovery that this was way too big for me to deal with by myself. Yeah. Mm. And and that's the good, gift good of stuff. this, you know. And yeah. that, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people don't realize that. Mm. You Nobody know? else. I mean, both my parents did end up. So I started going to Compassionate Friends, which is a grief group for people that have lost children or siblings young. 
and my, my oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, I think my I think my aunt went that when my my cousin overdosed. Yeah, it's a good, it's a wonderful thing. It's like recovery only for a different purpose, you know. Mm, right. Um, so my mom comes with me now, but in the beginning, I was the only one that went. But I loved it because it was the same thing. Like it was for me to help myself and then turn around and help others. You yeah. know, and now like I I have a lot of um women friends that have lost siblings that I tell them about compassionate friends and I also sh- help them yep. with their sibling loss and stuff cuz you get it, you know, it's the same type of thing when how two alcoholics help each other or two Al-Anon yep. members help each other. Yeah, it really help someone close to me. So I like how you said that. Which is great. Help yeah. yourself and then help others. That's you know you yeah. can't give something away that you don't have, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they say that mask, like the mask at the um, on an airplane, like you put the mask oh, on yourself right, yeah. before you give it to your child. Right. Like yeah, that's right, right. How life needs to be. Because the Bible says you remove the log from your eye mm. before you can see clearly and help your brother to remove the splinter from his. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, you have to get through what you went through and then in turn, you know, you can help the others that are suffering from the same thing. It's like basically like the same principles. Yeah, exactly. As as it, it's recovery. Mm-hmm. Yep. The principles of recovery are the same. Yeah. No matter what you're recovering from. Right. You know. Yeah. Um so it's like most of the fellowships out there, they all use one book, mm. you know, and yeah, because it, it works. Right. Right. Yeah, when two or more gathered, or what is it? Two or more yeah. gathered, like for the same in, purpose. Right. And it's how it works. It doesn't matter what the what the issue is, as long as you come in God's name. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So what's life like now? Life like now is is pretty great. Um. So I bought a condo. In June, nice in Marshfield. Um, nice. How did you do during the storm? This, which this one? The fl- the the flood the one. one. Oh yeah, this one that. Oh, it's a couple, a couple weeks ago. We when were the water fine. was coming up over the houses. We were fine. I mean, Marshfield, <laughs> everything around us. Like Ken and I live with my fiance, and um, like we didn't lose power at all. So nice. we had plans the next day to take our cat to the vet. And we didn't know that no one else had power, so we went out like do 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 do. Like, oh, how come the the lights, street lights aren't working? And there's no Dunkin' Donuts. And what the heck is going on yeah. with the gas station? And it's the apocalypse. Weird, right? yeah, yeah, it's like the apocalypse. We get to like very the, strange the vet place, and they're like, "There's no one there." I'm like, "Oh, okay. I think the storm's worse." We just got the easy way out. Yeah. Um, because we live probably about a mile or two from the ocean, so. Um, nice. We didn't have flooding Beautiful. issue, but it's nice in the summer to be that close to the beach. Yeah, right. I love it. Which part of Marshfield? Like, uh... it's um on on one thirty nine Ocean Street, like closer to Wrexham Beach. Oh, all right, nice. Yeah. Down further, you know, not right off the highway, but um, right. not all the way down to the water. Yeah, Brand have, Rock, you, have you been to the new Mia Ragaza? No, right across from the high school. There's one in Abington, but they just built one there. Oh, really? Oh. In Marshfield? Yes. Huh. It is so delicious. <laughs> love I'll that place. To, I love Italian mm. food. Yes. And it's really good food there. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, Pasta. it's right across, right across from the high school. <laughs> I think the Roach Brothers Plaza. Oh, yeah. Inside there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, definitely. You'll, you'll like it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, um, I bought the condo, which was some like on my bucket list of things I wanted to do for myself, like something I wanted to say that I could have. Um, you know, Fantastic. My, um, and then my, I got engaged in December to another. Thank you. <laughs> another man in a another man in the program. Um, which program? AA. Yeah. Okay. He has come to Allen on too because he he qualifies, but he's more of a AA. Yeah, I was told if you're going to sponsor alcoholics, you need to go to Illinois mm. to learn how to deal with them. Right. Huh. Yeah. It's interesting. Illinois Definitely helps, helps you. you. Yeah. Right. It, you, you're dealing with, like, I have a, my fiance is an alcoholic. Like, Illinois helps me deal with him. He's sober, but still, you know, where he's an alcoholic and we right. have a relationship. And, it's, and also, you don't have to, I don't think you need to be an alcoholic even to 
benefit from Al-Anon. Like, you can just, like, my friendships that with normal people, Al-Anon helps me deal with. Yeah. Because it's bound, setting boundaries and communicating and setting limits right. and not accepting unacceptable behavior. and All good stuff that helps you work on yourself. Yeah, Absolutely. stuff that we we don't get when we're growing up mm. because right. we, we skip right over that. Like, mm. oh, I was supposed to learn that when? Like, no. Yeah. Right. Uh, by who? <laughs> I was learning how to shotgun beers. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Make bongs. You know? Yeah, exactly. The important lessons. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it, it teaches us how to be humans and, mm. and you know, just live life on right. life's terms. Yeah. Life on life's terms. The um, the thing, anything that helps you uh, learn who you are and how to deal with your uh, uh, idiosyncrasies. There's a thing. Uh, this guy uh, Eckhart Tolle. Mm. You heard Eckhart Tolle. He mm. um, he Part has this. Now. Yeah, yeah. He has this concept in that book actually called the pain body. Mm. So the pain body, and I look at it as like uh, the the body of work. Of your pain, the pain has like been working on itself for a long time. You know, it, it builds into who you are, and it's. He says, like once it's activated, you begin to identify with it, and you're living through it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when you when you learn your triggers to activate that, when you learn not to go down those paths, you know, um, then you don't activate your pain body, and uh, you, you're able to. Um, you know, to be a lot better off. I feel like I read that book, but I don't remember that, and I like that you brought that up. Cause it's really good. It's a fantastic book. I mean, some of it's a little, uh, some of it's a little much, but um, uh, you know, it's fantastic. And I'll tell you, you know, if you look at things through that way of thinking about being present and um, and accepting the present exact mm-hmm. moment now, yeah, totally acceptance of that. You know, you can just bliss out on that shit. Yeah, <laughs> live, live in the now. Like, yeah. We're always either back there or way up there. Right. And, and just don't get to appreciate what's happening right in front of us. Yeah, even like um, we had Mike on, and he was, and I went to him to learn about uh, mindfulness and stuff. And, like, he had me take a, a cram, I think it was a cranberry, or no, it was a raisin. He had me take a raisin. He's like, feel it in your hand. Describe it. And he's like, all right, now put it in your mouth, but don't. Don't bite it. Just think about how it feels. Describe it how it feels. Oh, no, now take a bite. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just a tiny little thing. So yeah. you like, it's, it forces you to realize what's going on. Whereas, you know, you're thinking about tomorrow and you got to get this done today so that tomorrow's going to be okay. And you're taking this big blade of pasta and you're shoveling it down. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and you're always some. The- Whatever's going on. With- You're not thinking about the chew that you're chewing or whatever it is. You know, uh, like I used to go to – at that time when I was with Mike, I was I was going to um, Starbucks on my break. And I would sit there and just realize what's going on. I would just think about what's going on then. You know, yeah. and you see things going on, this and that. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic way to be. I've totally fallen off since uh, I only got like eight classes with them or something. I, just, yeah. <laughs> I totally fell off. But uh, – I gotta get back to that. that was good. Have you ever done any? Um, I went to the Buddhist meditation group, Dharma Punks, or, or Rebel Recovery. Oh yeah, Rebel yeah, Recovery. We I've, to, to, I've uh, talked Rebel. about Rebel Recovery with them on Mondays. Yeah. yeah, we went there. We went there once. Yeah, yeah. I've been meaning I to love get back there. All that type of stuff and meditation and like calming things down and being in the moment. That Have was you, fantastic. Do you know of the Vedanta Center in Situ? Uh huh. <laughs> Of course. Yep. I've been going there since I got into Al-Anon, too. Oh, know. really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I went I there. I mentioned it to Erica. It's, uh, I went there on a New Year's, yeah, New Year's Eve. Mm. We met at a house. Didn't know any of these people. This drum circle going on. Actually, oh, yeah. one of our guests. One of the One of the guests that we had on, that's where I met him, oh. Jack. Yeah. Years and years and years ago. New Center 5? Yeah, yeah. Jack Harbor, <laughs> New Center 5. And, uh, <laughs> like, we went in, and, and you're in this room, and there's this fire blazing, and there's this big stained glass window, and just the way the moon was coming through it, and you just start, like, 20 minutes to 12, and you just meditate right into the new year. Oh, wow. Oh, man, it was 
Wow, that's it wild. Get, and it gets packed. Mm-hmm. Like that place oh, yeah. gets uh, packed. Sounds hot. Years. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so what mine blew my mind about it the first time I did it was the idea of ringing in a new year in silence. Right. Like everybody yeah, that goes against wild, right? everything that we've grown up and yeah. known our entire lives. Right. You like, want to buy a noisemaker. That's the yeah, first you thing you do. Scream and yell and text everybody and you call, make calls. Yeah. No, you sit there mm-hmm. with your pie hole shut and you just be. Yeah. It's right. it's pretty profound. Yeah. I really, oh, that's really wild. like it. I and love that you would place. you would think it was hot, but it's just enough warmth and glow. Mm. It's it's great. It's did you so do cool. the care cool. town there, or where did you? No, do it was that? at someone's house. Oh, okay, yeah, it was at someone's house. It was the same night. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, we. That's an event. I met a. I'm, yeah, I met. I met a bunch of people there, and <laughs> I was just wild. like, I was like mad awkward and like, this is kind of silly. But then I was like, you see that? Pop up, you know, <laughs> you get into it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, it yeah, was yeah. cool. My first sponsor really cool. took me to a car town. I, I was like scared because I was. Not in my element at all. But yeah, was, exactly. I wasn't oh, either. Yeah, I felt right. like a fish out of water. Like, yeah. right. But to what see the doing? energy from the people and yep, it's well, contagious. Just everyone just like playing bongos and that. Oh yeah, I did. I did that once with an ex girlfriend. She uh, well, she was. Um, I wasn't going out with her at the time. She asked me to come by and play bongos. I don't know. It was all right. They do one here actually. They they have a drum circle here at the recovery center. Oh, I heard that. It's going to be so, yeah. starting up again. So they don't have like a guitar circle or a I know. any kind of circles. <laughs> right? You can make one. Uh, yeah, I could invent that, right? I think we can bring it's any other thing. other instruments too. I don't know, but Yeah. I'm uh, I'm not going to play the drums, guys. I'm going to play the cymbals. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. I got a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, shit. But these are the things that doors open that when you get sober and get into recovery, you know, like you, we were so bogged down by other people, places, things, ourselves, our addictions, and then you get into recovery and put all that away, and it's like all the other doors that get opened, like yeah. spiritually and mentally, right. and it's you move all the stuff out of the way of the doors mm-hmm. so you can open them. Yeah. Coming know? out into the light, yeah. Into into uh, like happiness, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's funny how you can just trade that in for an idea. People trade it in for an idea, the idea that they'd probably be happier if they can go out and, and have a party, you know, go out and fucking tie one on. Yep. Ah, oh, God, it's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just listen to other people that do that and re- realize like. All I'll set. let you figure that out for me. I'm not. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll believe that it doesn't actually work out and it's not yeah, that fun and f- for me like i've been here since i got here mm. you know i don't have the experience of relapsing let them have done it when for once i got it. into recovery like mm. yeah on the street like before aa or anything like that you know but once i've come in here and trust me i've made mistakes and done stuff that got me pretty close mm. but yeah luckily god graced me and it didn't happen you yeah. always get, like, even, like, I've had, like, especially when my brother died, like, I had a couple moments where it was pretty dark and I didn't know how to deal with the feelings. And I, right. but I was given something in my path at that moment that I didn't have to go back. Yeah. You know, I was given a person or a phone call or a, you know. Yeah, I could just, I could definitely imagine it. I mean, it's very scary and you wish that, uh you could never you could just rule it out yeah. but i could just i could imagine like in a situation like that or if i lost like my son or something the emotional pain would be so great you, you don't know you don't care what you have to do to get out of yeah. underneath it yeah um if you didn't have any coping mechanisms you know it's a- the only thing that helped me with that was one well two things my brother wasn't an AA or any type of recovery. He kind of thought it was a little cultish, but he supported me and he saw my life get better. And he's like, he was at every one of my medallions and everything. And he would have been pissed if I drank <laughs> yeah. over his death. Right. And the more important one is, it wouldn't have brought him back. Yeah. Right. You know, he wasn't That's coming it. back, regardless yep. of what I did. You know, and I didn't do everything perfectly. I had some serious sheet therapy times where I didn't do anything but stay in bed. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's um, it. But I didn't drink, and that's something to be. 
yep. proud of. And now you've been able to help a lot of other people Grateful because of that experience. Before. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what are we looking at for time? We good? Oh, yeah, we're good. We went. We nice. went. Very good. All right. Uh, we should probably wrap it. Um, that was fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you guys di- for little, inviting me. Thank you, Leah. A little bit of different insight. All right. So the Life on Life's Terms podcast is the group on Facebook. Uh, please support us on iTunes and uh, Google Play. And it's uh, lolterms.com. And that is a wrap. All right. Peace. Peace. I live in this world full of anger.